Hello, everybody. As always, it's imperative that you like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Um, every time you do this, you get 10 years of good luck for free. Absolutely 100% free. Because here at the McAllister Hours, that's what we care most about. We care most about your happiness and your luck, most importantly. So we provide that. Um, so yeah, please, please do that though. In all seriousness, that really, um, it really does help what we do. You know, the whole art and beauty podcast, as I always say is word to mouth. Um, besides that, want to give an announcement for our last episode of the season in the year, which is going to be the day after Christmas, December 26th It's just going to be me and my assistant slash co-host Molly. We're going to, um, do a little Christmas bash at 4 p.m. We're going to talk about Christmas, the end of the year, reflect, um, talk a little bit about the future, what we think is going to happen, what's going to happen both of the podcast and our lives. You know, it's just going to be like a two, three-hour thing where we're just fucking around and just having a grand old time. And then right after that, we're going to have dinner. Maybe we can have dinner on the podcast. No. no. Um, I don't want to stoop to the level H three and start eating on the podcast. No, no, I'm good. Um, recently we have started a clip channel, a YouTube clip channel. It's just McAllister Hours clips. McAllister Hours clips. Um, is linked in our profile. Is linked in the descriptions. I, I believe we have started linking them in all the videos. Um, if not, please go check those out. Um, it's just the McAllister Hours clips. You can search that, and we don't have very much um, as of now. But we're gonna be, I'm gonna be working overtime, the off time, and really trying to put some clips up of previous episodes. Um, we have a lot of changes coming here in 2021 in the McAllister Hours. I'm really excited about that. Um, we have a lot of new guests. We've, you know, we have garnered a lot of recognition over this last year, and that has. Um, um, had, you know, a lot of people who are very high caliber to come reach out to me. So that's been really cool. And that's going to be happening in 2021. So, um, we're going to be starting the new season, um, end of January, I want to say, um, it's every, I don't want to give too much away. It's all kind of loosey goosey, but, um, after this next live stream, we're going to be taking about four week break, three, four week break. Um, I, you motherfuckers are too much. <laughs> I need a break. I need a break from y'all. Um, and also, my, my goal is that we're going to be live every weekend. Um, that's going to be the new thing. We've already been doing it, but that's going to be the new official implemented thing. Um, every Saturday at 3 is our goal right now. Um, as always, we have our Patreon. Um, I'm going to be still trying to post episodes just audio only up on there um for when we're not doing episodes here so if you really like what i'm doing if you really like you know me talking bullshit into a mic you can subscribe to the patreon it's only a dollar a month for a dollar a month you can hear me fucking rant and bullshit about whatever um maybe that's a dollar better spent elsewhere but the option's always there um one more thing before we get to the episode i really um, I really just kind of want to give a message and just tell people how how thankful I am for everything that's 
happen and come out of this podcast when I started this thing. I didn't think one fucking person was going to watch it, and um, it's garnered quite a bit, in, like I've said, in terms of people watching it, the recognition it's gotten, um, the guests we've had. Uh, we've had people on the show that I followed on Instagram for years and thought were, you know, the top players and dogs of Des Moines, and I thought it would be, you know, an honor and a privilege to even get to meet them. And some of these people have now considered my friends. And it's it's a really interesting path that I've been on, that we've all been on. Um, and, you know, because that's the whole thing about this show is that it helps everyone. I know I interview a lot of rappers and a lot of musical artists, but this really is for everyone. I really hope to branch out and really get a, a wide variety and a wide array of people, um, people that work in, you know, healthcare maybe or you know politics um so i get i guess i just want to thank everybody for if you shared or supported or commented or just sent me a message saying that you know i watch your shit um that does so much for me and that fills my heart so um thank you guys damn <laughs> all right without further ado introduce the episode ontario phoenix this motherfucker is blowing up he i i am really glad that we're ending the year with him he had a lot of really insightful things to say about this current state of you know des moines what you know he's been doing how he's been propelling everything with that he is you know stats don't really mean a lot i mean now that doesn't mean a lot it doesn't mean a lot it doesn't necessarily mean a lot i guess in terms of artistic integrity and how good this artist is but uh or the artist is but this artist is a good one (laughs) and he he's ranging from you know 13 to 17k plays a week um or you know a day even um and he has that many followers um if not more and he's just fucking killing it so without without further ado ontario phoenix everybody Hello, everybody. Uh, you're watching slash listening to McAllister Hours. I'm your host. It's always Cole McAllister. Um, we've been on a hell of a track here um, at the show. We've been having a ton of artists, and this might be the peak right here. Um, we are joined today with Ontario Phoenix, um, local rapper here in Iowa. Uh, you're sitting at about, um, you know, not to brag about stats or anything, but you're sitting at about 12, 13K for listeners. Um, a lot of people are bumping your shit, and um, it's an honor to have you here. So, how you doing today, man? I'm pretty good, man. You know, it's Thanksgiving. Thankful yeah. to be here. Yeah, uh, this, like I said before, this won't be released until about December, uh, late end of December. But, um, you, you know, you being, a, um, you know, the rapper you are and working and all that, you're a busy guy. So I appreciate you taking the time to come in today. Um, I guess before we get started, um, I guess just some background info. Where are you from? Uh, I know your first name's Ontario. How's your name come about? All that. I'm Ontario Phoenix. That's my full uh, stage name. My actual legal name is Ontario Clark. Mm -hmm. And then my uncle had gave me the name Phoenix, and he just said to do Ontario Phoenix because it sounds more professional. But the Mm -hmm. name Phoenix came from because my name used to be Kid Swag, and then it was Swag Mm -hmm. when I was first started rapping. Okay. And uh, I kind of evolved. My music kind of evolved. I wasn't just talking about, like, gangbanging and you know shit like that so um my uncle said it was like you died and rose from the ashes like a phoenix 
Ooh, I see. With so like it, a- you know, with evolving, with my <clears throat> music and growing, and okay, it's like rebirth. Yeah. So, how long you been rapping then? Uh, I've been writing since like I was writing poetry in like seventh grade. Okay. And then uh, actually, when I linked up with my cousin Kalima, um, you know, what I'm saying he got me more into the rapping, taught me how to rap and stuff like that. Um, he actually used to write verses for me, and then I would rap them just because I have, you know, I have that voice. Mm-hmm. Um, my voice has actually grown over the years, obviously. But, uh, yeah, so I started doing that. And then I started really writing, writing music, probably in, like, eighth, ninth grade. Okay. So how old are you now? 29. Okay, so that's, so what, 10, 15 years yeah, ago? Yeah, it was, like, 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, damn it! Uh, I mean, that's that's quite a career. It's like they say, uh, you know, it takes at least a decade to get somewhere. And obviously, you're going places. So, um, so so, where are you from? Are you here from Iowa? Or where, where are your origins? Yeah, I was born in Iowa. Basically, raised in Iowa. Um, okay. I moved to Phoenix, Arizona, when I was around 13, and lived there for like half a year, and then moved back, mm-hmm. and then I moved to. Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh wow! Twenty seventeen, lived there for a year and then came back. Okay. Uh, what were those like living in Arizona? Like how that? I mean, obviously there's differences, but how they differ from Iowa? Um, I mean, when I lived in Phoenix, that was cool. Uh, it was just really hot. I lived there in one of the <laughs> hottest summers that they had. Oh damn! Uh, it was like it got up to like a f- hundred and twelve degrees. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, couldn't even go outside without getting like really dark. Like, I look oh, dark-skinned, and I'm not dark-skinned. I'm light-skinned, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was a little bit too much for me. I don't I don't, I don't like the hot-hot yeah. like that. But when I was in Vegas, um, that was probably one of the best times in my life. I met a lot of people from around the world, you know, because people go there mm. for vacations and stuff. So when you walk on the strip, you meet people. There's people down there trying to make money you know you got singers and rappers with buckets you know so you can throw the money in there and they're rapping singing you know doing performances mm-hmm. you have break dance dancers down there you know I'm, i met a lot of uh dancers from new york too so oh wow yeah they uh i still have contacts with them on instagram uh they want to do like dances for my music some of my songs and mm-hmm. stuff be in my videos so that's tight so an opportunity for networking do you think that had a lot to do with your career definitely yeah that's awesome I, I you know i think that speaks a lot to what the music industry really is it's a lot of connections i mean you can be as skilled as you want or as talented as you can be but at the end of the day it really comes down to connecting with people and like making those kind yeah of- people don't realize it's is you know it's 10 percent talent 90 percent <laughs> business and yeah, yeah. your connections do matter as much as people hate to you know admit it connections do matter if you don't have the right connects or the right person doesn't see you eventually then you're never gonna get to where you want to be unless you really push and go out there and look for somebody to you know and try to find people to that are bigger that can help you get up there like a stepping stool so uh did you perform down there no not at all okay um i just basically um I just basically went down there. I was because I was went down there with my ex, and we got okay. married down there. Oh wow! And then we just originally went to go do that, but we ended up staying there. So oh, I wasn't okay. even supposed to be there. 
but <laughs> you know i was like she was always working so i was always by myself so i was always driving around just meeting people Damn. and so i i met a lot of people and i would go to the same spots like the same bars and the mm-hmm. same like you know little clubs or whatever and link with the same locals that lived there like actual locals not just people it wasn't always people that were just visiting so meeting them you know i feel like kind of helped because i met a dude who had a studio down there you know he Mm. was cool and he really thought i had potential he was african and he had a whole um like business and studio in africa too oh that's tight yeah so a lot of different complex people i've heard uh, i've heard las vegas has some characters it does for sure it does it definitely (laughs) does you gotta watch out for them though because some of the locals they try to they try to get you because they know you're not from there and they'd be asking all the questions and then Uh, i had one local tell me like hey you got to watch out for some of the locals you know they try to have you come hang out with them at their house and then oh and then they they rob you like they take all your stuff and oh shit get you super you know messed up and then take all your stuff you're not gonna remember anything because <laughs> you was messed up so <laughs> shit uh good advice for anybody visiting las vegas i guess um well i get i mean is anything in that is any of that stuff even going on with covid do you think like do you think the scene's popping like it was back when you were or do you um, think it's down a bit? their cases is down or you know over that way west is mm-hmm. just not as high Okay. It's us, you know, they took the precautions they yeah, needed to true. in the beginning, <laughs> you yeah. know, went through their, you know, their phases and shit, the levels, and we didn't do that here, so. Yeah, It's kind of different here. We have, you know, one of the highest cases, so. Yeah. So. Not to get, not to get, like, political or anything, but fuck Kim Reynolds saying. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't. Mad I, at- I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fuck with her. Yeah, I just <laughs> I can't. Fuck you, I like fuck you. Yeah, like, I'm not. Shit. I'm not. I'm not a Kim Reynolds fan. <laughs> no, no, at all. Uh, what was the meme? Kim Reynolds has a crusty ass. Oh, that's my shit. Like, <laughs> fuck that bitch. Um, so your what your musical style is? Uh, it's good. It's really interesting. What are some of your inspirations for that or influences? Um, my main inspirations would be Biggie. Mm, um, Nipsey yeah. Hussle, um, Gucci, uh, Bone Thugs, um, Twista. Those are like all of my older, you know, inspirations. Yeah. Um, as of for the new age, you know, as things start changing, because I'm a little bit older, so like Drake, mm-hmm. um, Tory Lanez, Bryson Tiller, you know what I'm saying? Because I do all types, um, very versatile. And then also, I used to not be a real, like, big fan of the mumble rap or whatever, mm-hmm. the new era rap. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still not a big fan, but I feel like they're, they're getting better and creating what they're trying to create with actually understanding what they're saying. So, like, uh, Lil Durk, um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, you know, Pop Smoke, um, Juice World, uh, Triple Extension. Um, yeah, rest in peace, both of them. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, Uzi, uh, and then Lil Baby, the Baby, Stunner for Vegas. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, artists like them as well. Yeah, they definitely uh, brought about, like, a new angle to the genre, I think. Yeah. Um, Juice World, especially, like, he, well, he can rap, too. I mean, you see, I think it was, it wasn't Sway in the Morning. It was, one, I think it was the British guy or something. He did, like, an hour of, he just freestyled over an M.M. Beats for an hour, which is, impressive as fuck but uh, uh you know doing being able to do that and then 
you know, doing the sing song style, and you, like you said, you can actually understand exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, that you know, that was my beef with mumble rap, and but you know, I wouldn't even consider it mumble rap. It's like a different, it's a different kind of genre. It's well, also like with the auto tunes, I w- I've never yeah. been a fan of that. I'm yeah, not really no, a big. I'm not like a super big fan of Future. I, yeah. Everybody loves him. I, um, I like certain songs. I just don't like the amount of auto tunes he uses. Uh, I feel like it just this is not for him. I agree. Um, but this that's just one person's opinion. So Yeah, it's you true. Know. Um you ever listen to Joji? No, I don't think I ever heard of that person, but also I listen to music who I don't even know whose song it is. I just know the song. Oh, I see. Because as I've gotten older, I've just I've just started I gr- I grew into those ways. Like mm-hmm. I know who people are, but to an extent it's not like I know all the info I used to know about them when I was younger because I was more interested in knowing about them. Now I'm more yeah. focused on me and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so I don't got time to be worrying about what's going on in their <laughs> life. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, you know, that's one of the things I really appreciate about you is, you know, how busy and focus driven you are. Um, I guess I was just curious because I, I feel like there are some avenues where you can use auto tune and, you know, in yeah, artistic definitely. sense, but I do see what you're saying. There's like that, definitely that trappy, uh, um, like mumble rappy yeah. style for that. I People would, would like to label it as drill music or trap music, Yeah, but they throw auto tunes on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I don't have as much of a problem with it now as I used to. Mm-hmm. But I also used to never ever use auto tunes on my music. Mm, I'm one of those yeah. people like even if somebody got on my track and they wanted to use auto tunes, by all means go ahead. But I w- you won't catch me doing it. Yep. But now I'm like grown to the you know to the point where I know I gotta try new things mm-hmm. to see to find myself, and I'm finally finding myself. I use a little bit of auto tunes mm-hmm. on my shit sometimes. Okay. And that's occasionally. Sometimes, you know, none of my songs have it. Well, you know, and that's like the, that was the original intended purpose for autotune. It was to like fix little parts of the song, not to like yeah. completely morph your voice into an instrument. Like, you yeah. know, like Kanye kind of did the same thing with like a lot of his stuff. Like yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He like emulated his vocal to be a guitar or something like that, you know? So you can do artistic things, but I, I agree with what you're saying. It kind of, you know, those people who mumble rap, like, I would love to hear them, like, just spit 16 bars and hear what that sounds right. like. Right, with their would, regular voice. Exactly. I yeah. think that would sound a lot better. Um, so you've had quite a bit of success, as I was mentioning before, um, both on YouTube, Spotify, kind of all your social media platforms. You have quite a fo- garnered quite a following. Um, I guess what advice do you have to people who are, um, you know, in Iowa, trying to make it, rapping. Um, what advice do you have to get to that level, I guess? Um, uh, get, number one, stop thinking you're the best because you're not. Mm. Everybody thinks they're the best in Des Moines, and that's the problem. The point of being in competition is to be in competition with yourself, and that's what makes you better. Mm. I used to be the same way. As soon as I just started being in competition w- with myself and stopped worrying about what everybody else doing, oh, damn, he dropped a video. I ain't dropped a video in, like, six months. Damn, I got, you know, don't worry about that. That's not what you should be worried about. Maybe you shouldn't be dropping a video right now. Maybe that's mm-hmm. it's just not your time to drop a video right now. You be, need to be focusing on other things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, also, people be like, in Des Moines, everybody's worried about 
people paying for stuff and they mm. see it as you're paying for views you're paying for this you're paying for that no actually like i said it's 10 percent talent 90 percent business i'm actually very smart when it comes to this you need to put yourself on playlists you need to pay for that mm. i'm sorry you need to get a playlist placement you need to pay for that that's called mm. investing in your business once you do that you're gonna gain new fans it has nothing to do with you paying for somebody to listen to your stuff it has nothing to do with that if you pay to be on a playlist you're not paying anybody to have to listen they're not getting money from it you're getting put on a playlist by somebody else who already has a following and if those people listen to that playlist every day and you you're a new song that goes on there and yep. they just happen to truly like you then they gain you gain a fan they go follow your spotify profile they go listen to the rest of your music you gain streams from that and then that's how you get your music up also, you have to do, you know, interviews because yep. then people will know about your music more, you know, based off of whoever's doing your interviews following. And, uh, you know, you have to promote your own music as well. Mm. You can't just sit around making music, drop it one time and expect people to remember that you dropped that. Yeah. And on top of that, not everybody sees everything that you post. Yeah. You have to be actively on it. Um, um yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Uh, and I feel like that is, like, you do point out that that is kind of a problem with people in Des Moines, and I agree. Um, like, you do really, if you want to get to that level, you do have to work with the algorithm. You do have to, yep. like, hashtags matter. Yep. People are like, why are they typing all that in their posts, under their posts? That takes so long. Why would they do all that? And the, the, most people just put a caption. No, you need to put your caption, and then you need to hashtag a bunch of stuff that yep. has to either do with your song, like with me. I hashtag my name. That way, it will become a hashtag. That way, if people search mm. something, like, even if people search Ontario, Canada, I pop up in that search, in the hashtags on Instagram. If people search Phoenix, Arizona, I pop up in that search. If people search SNF, because that also stands for Sunday Night Football, but mm. that's the SNF is Show No Fair Entertainment. Mm. That's my music label. So it pops up on Sunday Night Football, and there's a lot of people who go look at that. Wow. I've gotten so many people who have became followers on my Instagram based off of just that. You know what I'm saying? And they like hip hop, but they like football too. And they just happen to see and they're like, oh, I just happen to see. I got I got people who DM me on Instagram and tell me, oh, I searched hashtag SNF and I seen your video and I just happened to click on it to see what it was. And I actually like, you know, your style, your flow. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your music. Now I follow you. You know what I mean? The hashtags matter too. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with that. I think it's really easy for people to not pay attention to that and to get egocentric and focused on their own mm -hmm. thing. Um, yeah, no, like, like I said, like props, respect, like you're, you're obviously playing the game. Um, so I guess how much, how much of your fan base would, do you have like an estimate of like which app or social media platform or, you know, what, what do you garner the most from? Do you think? Uh, Spotify. Okay. Yep. So Spotify, definitely, definitely. So like you said, playing Spotify and, uh, iTunes, okay. Apple Music, you know, however it works. Um, I really can't say exactly, though. I just know what I see because I uh, have DistroKid. So, okay. and then it shows me the breakdown I have either by store, by song, you know, by mm -hmm. artist or whatever. It will show you the whole breakdown. But then I also just... Um, I also just downloaded this Spotify for Artists, which I also oh, would... Yep. Have, I mean, I would encourage other artists to look. Fourteen people are listening to my music right now. And That's why my numbers are so high. 
in the last seven days, I've gotten 3.5K wow. new listeners, 4.3K streams, and I have 239 followers. And then I, these are my top three songs. Score, Broken Promises, and Stick With Me. And it shows you the last seven days, the streams they've gotten. Damn. And that's just seven days. And then this right here shows me. Oh, damn. I'm to 12,000. 193 monthly listeners yesterday it was wow. at 10,000 wow holy shit it just keeps going up every day <laughs> and that's because I invest in myself and I get placed on real playlists that matter wow. that have over 137,000 followers or likes or people that listen to that playlist every day so if they're just going to that through that playlist and it's on shuffle my song pop up they're like oh I like this song you know, they may have it in their pocket. They pull it out to see who it is. They click on my profile. They go to my profile, listen to other music like that, then follow me. Damn. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. Yeah, constantly working. Uh, well, I, I, like I said, I'm, congrats to you. Appreciate um, it, man. Hella impressive. Uh, and, you know, the thing, other thing I really appreciate about you is you definitely, and I think it's obvious listening to you, you have a, a sense of professionalism about you that um i think is really hard to find in iowa um i think a lot of problem with musicians and artists in iowa is it's hard to tell who's serious about it and who's just doing it for fun and looking at you and your mantra and everything you do um it's obvious that you're professional about it. you know you really consider this like your full-time gig essentially yeah definitely that's awesome. a lot of people i've actually gotten a a lot of uh you know discouragement about that you know because mm. your family isn't gonna think that you're just actually gonna make it you know what i'm saying they're not gonna think that so then they're like oh you need to get a job you're spending all your money on this you did it okay but i'm sure kanye's family was telling him the same thing when he yeah. was recording in his grandma or mom's living room on a little raggedy computer with you know raggedy headphones for who yeah. knows how long until he made it and then you know they probably shook <laughs> like you have to have faith in people and their dreams and what they do. Usually when you give that faith, it actually gives that person a boost mm. to want to do better, to make sure that they, you know what I'm saying? You just have to know how to go about it the right way. And if you don't know how to truly go about it the right way, ask somebody. That's another thing. People are afraid to ask for help. People are afraid to ask for questions because they think they're the best. Yeah. That's the problem. They think they're the best, or they're scared to ask. You mm-hmm. know. Um. No, I mean, uh, great stuff, man. Uh, what What about some of your performing experiences? Um, have you performed here in Des Moines? Have you performed elsewhere? I think you you said you did some stuff in Atlanta. Have you performed over there? Or I've done stuff a lot of places. I've performed here. Um, I used to perform a lot here. Until the scene kind of changed, the uh, generations changed. <laughs> so I just kind of stopped because you can't go to a show here without somebody getting shot or stabbed or jumped or it got shut down because some something stupid. Damn. Um, I don't have time for that. Has, you know what I'm saying? Has that, like, I don't really know anything about this. Has that, like, increased, like, lately? Or yeah, like- with the generations, yeah. Because okay. everybody thinks that they're Chief Keef or Lil Durk out here popping shit and this is how it's like what like last four years would you say or i don't know like what i I guess i'm just curious when i mean probably the last like seven years seven years yeah Yeah. that's true yeah i mean i guess seven years because i haven't really performed perform i used to perform every weekend oh wow almost every day of the weekend and then i just stopped because i don't have time to be in the mix with all that 
with all that childish ass mm. insecurity with their masculinity and I don't have time for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I don't got time for egos. I don't got time for testosterone problems. I don't got time for none of that. Um, if you feel some kind of insecurity with yourself, you probably shouldn't be out around people to be put in certain situations that you can't handle. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Because when you're trying to do music, nobody's going to take you seriously if every time you do a show, you popping off. Mm. No no, no venue is going to want to book you because the other venue that you popped off at is going to talk to that venue. What if they friends or something? You know, people yeah. know people. Yeah, especially in that. You, you know, give yourself a bad rep. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to book you nowhere. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to deal with that. Yeah, that shit does matter. Um, you know, I, do, I get what you're saying. There's like something of the culture that I think promotes like, you know, we're going to have the guns and the drugs and mm. all that. But, you know, that only gets so far. And very few people really get, I mean, I wouldn't Why say do you anything. think Drake is who he is? Because he's his own individual. Artist. Yeah, he might pop something off, but he's not going to be stupid about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, he, he raps. But yeah, he be singing some shit. You know what I'm saying? He's versatile and he's very business. Mm. That's my main inspiration. So, if that tells you anything. Okay. Um yeah, I mean, and that's I think that's inspiring this day and age talking about that because I think there is kind of a divide in general between you know, that kind of rap. But, you know, that is the hopeful thing, too, is you see all these artists like Charles Gambino, Drake, people who are, you know, actively stepping away from that kind of culture and, you know, focusing more on the artistry and the music and what they're doing. J. Cole, he's another good example. Yeah, he is. I, I like J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. Hell, oh, Ken Lamar, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, he he is one of the most prolific rappers of the decade. If, not, if he's not top three, he's maybe the best, in my opinion. Yeah. How he tells a story is just... I mean, it, He's been a huge part, definitely, for me getting into hip-hop, for sure. I just want to say, just because you brought up storytelling, yeah, King Von, R.P. Mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was probably one of the top rappers for that kind of era for this generation. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a storyteller, and they, they used to do that back in the day, like in the 90s rap and the 80s yeah. rap. You know, there's a lot of yeah. storytelling, like real stories. Like, you know what I'm saying? Not just metaphors here and there and trying to make it a story you know it was a whole story exactly exactly and you know and that's really the, uh you know another one of the really sad things about this generation of rap too is people are dying so young mm-hmm. um you know juice world and triple x uh mac miller uh, king Vaughn, you know all a lot of people a lot of artists have depression and people yep. don't realize that and mm-hmm. they don't acknowledge that you know i feel like they should acknowledge that the way they acknowledge you know uh gay people having depression and uh mm-hmm. you know trans people having depression or black people having depression because of certain things or whatever or people in general yeah you know what I'm saying? whatever your but, circumstances yeah, yeah whatever is happening in your life you know abuse victims etc etc mm-hmm. artists have depression too because they're just people but people don't see that you know what i'm saying that they're just normal people because that's yeah. not they're not in their life they just see them presented as an artist in their music mm-hmm. or just the same with actors and actresses they're just presented as somebody who's there to entertain you but they have a real life yeah. just like you do they exactly. have a family just like you do they go have mm-hmm. family problems and struggles and drama money issues just because you don't know about it doesn't mean anything yeah and you know and that's another big problem with like you know music and acting is like you know with the populated drug use and you know the culture mm-hmm. behind that you know that doesn't help anything so that you know, I think becomes a mask for a lot of those right, problems. Right, yeah. A lot of those artists are dealing with that. You know, they're dealing with 
you know, family, like you said, family problems. So they have their own mental health issues, and then they're just in this thing all the time. This vast thing. Yeah. Um, I've seen you in the studio, and the setup that you're in all the time is always very professional. Um, <clears throat> you got equipment. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. Who's the guy you've been working with and doing going in the studio? How's that? I've been going to the same studio this whole time. Damn. Okay. Except for when I first started, and that was me and my my cousin in my grandma living room with okay. like a little computer, you know, <laughs> making beginnings. making things happen. You know what I'm saying? And then found DJ X, um, Explicit Records. Shout out to DJ X, man, and X we trust. Uh, and you know, it's it's like we grown together because you know he wasn't the best. But he had the best thing in Des Moines at the time, mm. and but now he, his his studio has grown. He has grown, you know. He's learning things. Excuse me. Um, he's learning things, and and he's doing better. You know what I mean? So I go there. He has a studio in his basement that he built. Wow. Um, okay. I mean, he's he's Hispanic, so you know how the Hispanics do. They be. <laughs> they be remodeling whole houses and shit and fucking <laughs> good fuck you know what I'm saying he done got his shit right like it's a real Damn. studio you know got the glass booth with the door you know and yeah. all the you know little knobs and stuff he got he got everything um and he uses all the high quality of equipment <clears throat> um and you know now he's just working on learning you know he's mm-hmm. been learning exactly how to you know work things and stuff and you know even we was in there with him and um you know showing him things you know yeah you know and he show us things you know um it's a it's a cool environment to be in that's why i've never left um he's he's a funny dude he's a cool dude um and he's always supported me so yeah i wouldn't be where i am without him so damn so how long you been working with him then uh, since probably it's hard to say. Let's see, two thousand eleven. Okay, two thousand twelve. Yeah, nine, nine, almost ten years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a while. Uh, I and you know that's you know that's a great thing to have too a connection with your producer like that. Um, I think some of the best combos, you know, Mad Villain or you know Eminem and Dre, you yeah. know having a producer that you can vibe with and interconnect with that's uh that's really important so um i don't know if you want um segue into this but you're potentially going into a move into atlanta possibly yes possibly yeah um if that happened would you continue to work with them or would you maybe out outreach i don't know um i would probably still work with him okay um obviously i would be because I'm always trying to level up. Yeah. So, like, because some people be like, oh, did, uh, I'll record something, you know, if I get a feature, they'll be like, oh, I'll record it from here and send it, da, 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 or, or, you know, put it on there and send you the track. Mm. No, I'm not doing that. You're going to record in the same studio I record in, so the sound is the same. Mm. I'm, perf- I'm trying to grow. I'm not trying to backtrack to what I was already doing before. I want everything mm. to be better than it was yesterday you feel what i'm saying so like if i move there and there's like you know a studio that's like a million dollar studio and they want me to record there i'm gonna record there you know what i'm saying i'm gonna see what it has to offer me yeah 
but I was still also out that that's my that's my man. So I would still give him business. You know what I'm saying? Because he actually just had an artist in his studio from Atlanta oh, that wow. came up here, and he was uh in his studio. You know? Oh wow! So he's like somebody like if you do come here and you are from somewhere else, you're still gonna record in his studio because he's mm-hmm. the you know he's the best one here. And you know, and scene wise, I mean, there is other people I recorded at the mothership before. Uh, so you know, shout out to Alex too. Uh, my talking my shit, I recorded there. Um, there was this one white boy named Jordan, I think, but I knew him from somebody, so I didn't personally know him. I just went there because I was getting on my my homie song. Did Jay Raz by chance? I don't know. Probably. It was in his basement, and he had like a little booth. It was like could have been. It was like small though. It was like a little area, but I that mean that one familiar. was cool too. He just um. His equipment was cool and his setup was cool. The uh, the mixing and stuff just wasn't up to mm. where I liked it, so I never went back. Yeah, you know stuff like that. Um, but there's other people here that I want to at least check out at least one time that have like really nice studios, just like DJX with the booth and the glass and all that. Cause I feel like that matters. Being in an isolated area when you're recording, you're not picking up all the sounds. Mm. I feel like that matters and it makes a difference. Yeah, so. it definitely does. Um, I and mean, that's definitely a downfall I've had. Um, and, you know, the small rap career I've, you know, tried to attempt. Uh, you know, it is hard for people to, kind of, you know, when you have like your, just your apartment, you have a little stand with a yeah. little buffer, you know. Um, it is kind of hard to, you know, envision like working in that kind of environment. So it's really cool that you, uh, they get to do that. Um, what about your move to Atlanta? Uh, is there any more details you can give about that or? Well, I'm going there uh, December 17th. Um, it's going to be me, my girl, my cousin, possibly his girl. Uh, my music, my I have a music manager, but we're not in no written agreement. We're more like a family. Okay. And, uh, you know, she helps me out, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, she wants to, you know, meet me down there and whatnot. Um, and I got a few other people who want to go too, just because it's a big thing. I'm going there to meet with the record label. Um, I got a meeting with uh, A&E, Authentic or Nothing Music Group. Uh, their uh, artist uh, is Fu, how do you say his name? Fu, Fugani, Fu, Fuganio. Uh, he has a song with the baby called Molly okay. or Baby Mama. There's a few different uh, songs. Uh, it's popping. It's popping right now. Um, and then they got a few other artists. You know, one of the artists has a song and music video with Lil Durk. Uh, one of the artists has a song and music video with Stunner for Vegas. Um, you know, they got a lot of stuff going on right now. But I've been interacting with them for a while now. I had two music reviews with them. They t- they liked what they heard. Um, they told me to, you know, DM them. And so I got this meeting set up. And I'm going to go down there. Um, they actually have signed several their notifications right now popping up yeah. on Instagram. They actually have signed plenty of people. That's the food dude. Okay. Um... They have signed probably, I don't even know, maybe like 
50 to 100 people this year. Oh, wow. Damn. And they're growing. They just bought a building and they post on Instagram. They just bought another building. And I'm not sure if that one's in Atlanta too or if that one's in LA because they've been branching off. Wow. So they're doing really big things. And that, that dude that I just showed you, he's also signed with Gucci's new 1017 label. Oh, damn. He was one of Gucci's first artists. And wow. um, uh, let's see. So real potential players here. Yeah, yeah, no. And then they have uh, another artist, uh, Lil Thumper. Um, actually, he's probably one of my favorites. Okay. Um, I be talking to him all the time on Instagram. You know, he, you know, if I, when I go down there, I actually might do a tattoo on him because I do tattoos as well. Oh, no way. Yep. That's cool. So um, I have a tattoo page on Facebook and stuff. I had gotten oh, nice. offered two tattooed positions in shops here but turn them down because I'm more focused on my music. Tattooing is just something I could do. If I do happen to pop off of my music, I can tattoo anybody while we traveling, wherever, because I have my own tattoo equipment I just take with me. So that's so. a tangent, but do you have, like, any education for that, or you, you just learn I just le- – actually, uh, I'm just – I was always a really good draw, drawer, mm-hmm. like, uh, painter, whatever, just an artist in general. Yeah. Um, Always got straight A's in art class. I went to actually graduated from Waukee High School. Okay. And uh, that's where I had uh, my biggest art, you know, art uh, class was there. And uh, I actually learned a lot from that school, more, much more than I would have learned in Des Moines Public School. No offense, but you know, I yeah. you know you only have to have like twenty one, twenty three credits to graduate from Des Moines Public Schools, and I went over there with like nineteen credits, and I. I, you have to have like 60 something to graduate from there so they gave me wow. they put me on like a 40 core credit program so i only <laughs> had to get 40 credits and i was like okay i only got six months to get like 20 more credits that's cool holy shit yeah so but that was one of my you know classes that really taught me a lot and then i was gonna go to uh college for art and oh, i just okay. decided i was just done with school i'm a entrepreneur i can do it on my own i don't really you know i got offered apprenticeships you know yeah. people want to you know whatever but a dude here that's gonna open a shop again he offered me he's like i'm looking for to put black artists on and uh he's like i'll pay for your tattoo license it's only 175 dollars wow. he was oh, like damn. and then he was like i can school you you can just watch me in the shop and he's like but your line work is is perfect really you know what i'm saying so uh i'm really good with the line work so Wow, that's really neat, man. Yeah, so <laughs> when I go down there, I might tat him, and then uh, they actually have an artist who's from here that they just signed. I went to North High School with him. Oh wow, no way! Yeah, he's under their management and stuff. Uh, I seen on his Instagram they signed him. He was signing the contract. They always uh, have a routine when they sign somebody. You pop a bottle of champagne in this big ass mansion that they have, and then um, they give you a chain their authentic like their label chain it's like this oh, and it says a and e in the middle and it's all real like oh, you wow. know just like with gucci you know they all go through uh johnny dang i think the asian dude who makes like the grills for paul wall and all them <laughs> from back in the day i don't know if you know about him yeah but yeah it's really popping so i'm just i i, I just have this feeling that it's gonna go well hmm. I, i'm i'm most likely they're gonna get signed a deal 
or because they have this thing going on right now where they wanna they're gonna pick somebody for Christmas to sign and give them a hundred thousand dollars up front mm. and they're gonna sign them and like push them the hardest. Oh wow. And then but all these other people they've been signing, they're signing them under the management. Either way it goes, either either way that you get signed, you're still getting like the best deal because they have all the they all the all the connects, all the right people in the right area, you know. Just it's going to be great. I can feel it. Wow. That's a that's a hell of an opportunity, man. I don't think very many people can Iowa, uh from Iowa can say that they've had that. Um I am curious, you said that, you know, you know that guy from North that, you know, made it to. Do you think that the industry is, you know, starting to notice Iowa? I know I have my podcast and I kind of talk all day about the Iowa hip-hop, but I I mean, do you think that that's coming here at all? Or I'm not really sure. I do know that everybody thinks that it's just cornfields here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had another music review with uh, Making It Magazine. And um, this dude, Kelby, who runs the the whole company or whatever, uh, my song got pulled up for the review, and they were really messing with it. And he's like, oh, he's like, wait, so are you from Ontario or what? And I was like, no, I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> and his face was like when it popped up and he like looked, he's like, Des Moines, Iowa? He's like... <laughs> Like, there's niggas there? I was like, yeah, bro. Like, what are you talking about? Like, he's like, I thought it was cornfields or something. He's like, or potatoes. That's what he said first. I said, bro, that's Ohio, bro. I was like, I was like, I live in Iowa. He was like, it all sounds the same to me. I was like, well, I was like, there's rappers here, bro. <laughs> like, there's niggas here, too. Like, we here, bro. I promise you, we here. That's funny. So maybe yeah. the maybe the humble beginnings for people who notice that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, I feel like people should have been noticed. Uh, they had uh, what was that one dude's name who had that uh, video? It actually did a lot of numbers from here, and he made sure to put the whole message in there. He was he was a white boy. He made sure to put the whole message of you know that we had cornfields. He had like different like he had like people on tractors <laughs> and people in the cornfield. You know what music video I'm talking about? Oh my god. Dang, it's gonna bother me. It's some white boy, but he did like he was on the front page of the uh paper too. Oh about wow. it. About no the way. video or yeah, about the music video because it did so many numbers and like people were really learning about Iowa, like, yeah, wow. there is niggas here and shit and people that rap and stuff and they're you know what I'm saying, different cultures here, but there also is cornfields and farmers and like yeah. you know what I'm saying, like you know, rednecks and like mm-hmm. all that shit. Like he had a, he had everything in his video, literally everything. Yeah, uh, it is a really like interesting divide in Iowa. How he like, had like two hundred thousand plus views. Wow. Yeah, Holy I'm surprised shit. you don't know about it for real. <laughs> I guess I'm out yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the song was called Iowa. Damn, I'll have yep. to look that up. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it Damn. was a good one. Well, uh, I mean, I always knew about Slipknot. That was really the only other thing that really came from Iowa. But, like, they really got started in L.A., you know? Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I mean, we got Ashton Kutcher, too. Yeah, that's right. I <laughs> Ashton Kutcher, yeah. yeah. Well, and who was it? Like, Herbert Hoover, he was the guy that fucked up the economy in the Depression. I think he's from Iowa. Yeah, well, Snoop Dogg is uh, my dad's third cousin. Wow, really? His, yeah, his mom used to live here. He still goes to our family. Uh, they still go to our family reunions and stuff. Uh, he's never going to, you know what I'm saying, family asks for money too much. So, you know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> that is a problem you probably run into if, uh, yeah if you, um, if you like that, that. Point. <laughs> yeah um so you were talking before we started um i i and you brought this up as people thinking it's interesting i do think it's interesting um you actually consider yourself uh transgender male uh-huh. is that correct um yeah I'm trans, I think, man. and i think that's um really interesting being the hip-hop uh the only other people that I've heard that are bisexual, gay, I think, are Frank Ocean and uh, Tyler the Creator. I'm not really familiar with any others. I'm sure there are others. But no, I'm not bisexual or gay. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I guess I'm a uh, trans man, so that's why I'll be the first. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's what that's what's that's what's dope about it. You know what I'm saying? That's what yeah. people tell me. You know, oh, you should you know put your story out there because I mean, technically, if you really want to think about it, young Ma, I feel like she's the first lesbian girl like you know stud girl whatever that really popped off you know besides the brat but she's older she's from like the 90s and people don't really listen to her no more you know what i'm saying so this is like the new era whatever i'd be the like the first trans man you know what i'm saying trans transformation from female to male and then people never notice i'm trans man realness i'm part of a house called ball main house um and I walk the category trans man realness, which means people can't tell that I was ever a female before. Mm. Like people, people like that just what makes it good for me to walk that category because I'm a win every time. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. there's other because I go against other trans men around the world, you know, because we got people in our house from Paris, you know, London, you know, the West Coast, the East Coast, down south, you know, Midwest, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're everywhere, literally. Yeah. And um, there's other houses, houses like Gucci House. Um, I'm saying uh, Revlon, Ebony House. They have different houses, um, and we all compete against each other at balls. So we walk ballrooms. So like, if I walk Transman Realness, I walked the first time in Chicago of this year in March. Okay. And I had to bring it as Mr. Freeze, which was, that means I had to wear all white. And then it said with a little bit of bling. And so I had my chain on, I had my grill, I had my earrings, all that, my watch. And then I had to walk against the other transmit. And then I had to walk against pretty boy realness, which means you could, I could be walking against straight guys. It really doesn't matter. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just anybody mm-hmm. who's for that category. Cause I'm in a pretty boy realness category too, because my face is pretty. Okay. So I walked against other pretty boys, and I won grand prize. That means I won against people in my category, the trans man one, and the pretty boy one. And that was wow. my first ball. And then I walked in Detroit, and I walked trans man realness, and the category was construction worker. So I had to bring it as a construction worker, but I had to bring it, like, in a sexy way. And I had my chain on and all that and, like, suspenders and, mm-hmm. I had like, paint all over with the work boots and the work gloves, the hard hat, all that stuff. And I won grand prize for that. And then um, I walked a few, you know, I think one or two other balls, but I didn't win those ones. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. Um, the house is really like, my house anyway, is full of so much positivity, so many good vibes, so much love, you know what I'm saying? It's people from all over the world, like so many people I've met, so many fans I've gained. Like literally my fan base really started growing when I joined that house. We were uh, just on a show 
on HBO Max called Legendary. And it was um, houses against each other. And they choose like five people from each house to compete. And uh, there was four, three to four judges. And one of the judges was Megan Thee Stallion. But anyways, at the end of the day, our house won. And we won $100,000. Wow. So now we're the, we're the top house. We're 100K house. That's what everybody calls us. And uh, it's actually, you know, I feel like it's helped us. You know, everybody get up there. Your house has been around. My house has been around for five years. It was just our five-year anniversary. Damn. Um, when we were in Atlanta. That's why I was in Atlanta for Balls. Okay. And we had a, a big photo shoot um, as well. Uh, we should be getting those pictures soon. Um, and I think I walked, what, like two balls? Two balls, I think. I walked there. And then, you know, the rest of the time just had, you know, fun and, you know, getting out there, linking with people. It was a good time, though. Yeah. Uh, that That's uh, that's really cool, man, that you're doing that. Um, So I guess, so you started that beginning of this last year, or this year, you said? Yeah, I went to Chicago because you can't just join a house. You know, mm-hmm. people can present you to a house. And my brother from here, his name's Linus. He wanted to join the house, but he didn't want to. He's more of a timid person. He didn't want to do it by himself. Mm, So I did it with him. So you have to go for an interview. Mm, So we went for our interview um, in Chicago. And it's basically, you know, you're in front of the, you know, people that are members of the house already. And, you know, it's like an interview. That was probably the only interview I had, actually. Hmm. So it was like an interview. You had an interview. People ask you questions. You answer them. Tell a little bit about yourself. Um, and then you go in a room and they all talk and they, they vote for you. They vote yes or no if you should be a part of the house. I got 100% yes. Wow. And so that night I walked my first ball when I came as Mr. Freeze in the all white. Damn. Yeah, so you got to get voted in, but it's way worth it. Wow. Uh, you're, you're just a talented individual. You um, Does that like... Does that correlate with your music at all? Like, have you made connections from music through that at all? Or um, Actually, there's actually a lot of people in my house who do music. Oh, okay. We're actually doing a song together uh, for our house, like a ball main song for oh, our nice. house. Because we have chants <laughs> as well. So at balls, we have chants. Like, so, like, one of them is like B-A-L-I, you know, like spelling mm. it out and stuff. Ball main. You know what I'm saying? Mm, and then we got, okay. like, other ones that we have. I think we got, like, about, like, seven or eight different chants. And, re- and really, to me, it reminds me of, a like, a sorority. Like, you know, mm, a sorority house. I like, see. where they do that stomping down south. They do that, that dancing that they do yeah, in the sorority yeah. house and stuff. Like, kind of like that, you know. We got really good connections. And we're really actually a big family. Like, in Atlanta, we all stayed in one big Airbnb, like a mansion. Okay. Like, we were in a rich ass neighborhood all the people are looking at us like what are all these black people doing here like, dude, <laughs> we're renting the airbnb calm down like we're just here to you know do what we have to do and then we'll be out your hair we ain't gonna fuck shit up calm down uh, uh that's really cool though that you have all these connections so how long or what's your timeline for uh coming out of the closet as trans or what was your process with all that um the, well i've always been this way my first girlfriend was in third grade Okay. Um, she actually passed away in seventh grade. She got hit by a semi. Oh, wow. Uh, so Jeez. that was a big deal for, like, everybody. Um, let's see. 
I mean, I had to like fake the funk for a little bit with my mm-hmm. mom, you know what I'm saying? She used, to, she used to buy me like tight jeans and I'd be like, dude, I'm not wearing this. You know what I'm saying, wearing baggy ass hoodies and shit. But uh, I mean, really, I just uh, I actually got kicked out because I got a tattoo of my girlfriend who passed. Oh. And so I got kicked out at 16 and then I moved in with him. Oh damn! Okay. And then, <laughs> then we were just doing whatever the fuck we wanted after that. Oh, okay. You know how okay. That goes. <laughs> so, has your family? I mean, have have they been all pretty accepting of all that? Or have yeah, they- my mom tried to claim. Oh, she I always knew. I'm like, well, then why do you tell me so I didn't have to be miserable wearing these girly ass <laughs> clothes and shit? Like, I could have been who I wanted to be. But uh, she's like, I don't know. I was scared. I guess I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna try to deny it. I'm like, girl, you knew all my best friends were actually my girlfriends, right? And I'd be like, oh, can my best friend come over? No, those are my girlfriends, fam. Like, <laughs> like stop playing with me. But yeah, I mean, she she's accepting. She claims she already, always knew. It took, uh, you know, my grandma a while yeah. <laughs> uh, to warm up to that, but she's cool with it now. I actually stay with my grandma, so. Okay. Um, for the time being, until we figure out if we're going to move to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my dad, he's like, he wasn't cool with that at first, but te- it's because technically, okay, my dad has like almost 30 kids, and mm, I would have been wow. his first daughter, technically. So that's oh, why, really? yeah, cause I'm the second. I'm the second oldest out of all of them. So, oh, okay. That, yeah, I was going to so, say, that's quite a ratio. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like... Man, so, I mean, he wasn't cool with it, but then, like, after he got out of prison, because he was in prison basically my whole life, and then after he got out of prison and seeing how it was and, you know, not changing it, then he was cool with it. Then he kind of was trying to use me and get hoes and stuff, because he got all the hoes, but he'd be like, oh, if if they ask you, tell them that you 21. I'd be like, why would I lie by my? He'd be like, cause then they're gonna know I'm not 33. I'm like, oh man, bro, like you sitting here got me lying and stuff. But I, <laughs> I got, I'll be your wingman for the night. That's funny. Yeah. So I mean, he cool now. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know that that's really cool. I you know I applaud anyone for you know having the courage to do that kind of stuff. Um, well, so I guess when so did you like come out of the you know, come out at a certain point or you just always proclaim that or? Well, I always felt like I wanted to do the transformation, but you know what I mean? With like age and how the generations was, my mm-hmm. generation was different. I'm yeah. saying, I feel like now you can do anything. Motherfuckers mm-hmm. don't care. Yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Motherfuckers be having orgies and all types of shit with like everybody, you know, matter. It could be like three dudes and three girls and shit and everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like people try to like not label it sometimes like they just do what they do and be like oh i just did that because it was having a good time and mm-hmm. we was fucked up whatever i feel like people don't put a label on it as much anymore because mm-hmm. it's, people are already so accepting mm-hmm. of the community anyway so okay but i mean i had struggles when with my generation you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and like when i was going through it with my family accepting me you know i was suicidal depressed you know what i'm saying i was on depression pills and uh I uh, try to kill myself up plenty of times. So yeah, um, I think the the trans community there's uh, I think it's like forty percent suicide rate or something. It's a very yeah, it's uh, very high. abnormally yeah, high it's, suicide it's rate. It's very high. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot to it's a lot to handle every day. Yeah, because you're always gonna have somebody you know who doesn't like who you are. 
It's just it's just a fact. Rather than somebody mm-hmm. who's just a straight normal person, you know what I'm saying? They don't have to deal with that every day. Yeah. As for somebody who is who they are, they can't even be who they are <laughs> because people don't like it. Yeah, I get that. Although it's improving, you definitely still have to like find people who you know differentiate. I'm, I imagine differentiate between the people who are understanding of that. And, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe who are not. Yeah, I've uh, I've cut a lot of people off out of my life, and ever since I have, this is what has happened. Yeah, like I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now because my life has been so positive, and I've been focusing, you know, on growing and you know, what I'm saying becoming a better me every day. You know, now I'm not worried about what anybody else think. Those that's child's play. Yeah, what you think doesn't matter to me, and that's why I I can tell people like the old me would never be sitting here talking to you, telling you anything. I if if you would ask me if I it was trans, I would be like, nah. I've always been this way. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I can already pass for that. So what I need to tell you my business. I don't yeah. have to, but I don't care. That's the difference. That's a like I said. That's really admirable. Um, would you say that like the energy that you, like you know talking about positivity and all that? Would you say that energy you know transposing to your music at all? Like, do you think the two yeah. are related? Like, do you talk about that in your music at all? I don't really talk about it, but okay. you know, people know I presented yep. enough because I am part of Ballman House. I would have never been a part of that house neither if I was the old me. Yeah, because I would have never wanted anybody to know. I would wanted it to be a secret. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But now I'm comfortable with it enough. I don't get mad anymore like I used to. I I was uh, the reason I was going to Waukee is because I was expelled from all the more public schools because I was constantly fighting people because they was always talking shit about oh, who I was. Wow. So I was Damn. always getting in a fight. So I was always getting suspended. I mean, it was just a lot. So. Dang. Well, um, you know, uh, obviously you're making it, and, uh, um, you know. Fuck the haters. Yeah, you definitely. <laughs> I not. mean, like Cat Williams said, you need more haters. <laughs> if you have ten haters, you need twenty more before the summer is done. Yeah, they they kind of feel you in a way. I feel like yeah, you know? yeah, uh, yeah. I always joke like, there's a reason I don't really do rap and I just do a podcast. You know, I I have a really hard time dealing with people. You know, hating or whatever. You know that, that maybe that's just my insecurity, but it takes a special ta- kind of person. It takes time. It doesn't yep. even take a special kind of person because I used to be the same way, bro. It just takes time because mm. you know it. It probably is it is definitely determined on what's going on in your life and who you have in your life that is bringing positivity. Mm. And that's why I try to stay positive. You know, if people in my life are feeling down and negative, I'm like, please stop the negativity. I'm gonna need you to stop because you're killing my vibe. I don't try to be rude, but that's how I say it because I can't yeah. go back to that way because once I'm back to that way, mm-hmm. it's gonna be done for everybody. You're not gonna like who I become. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna like who I become because that was the whole reason I changed. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So you gotta, you gotta just if people want to be negative around you, just blur them out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Don't even pay them no mind. Sometimes I've been working on ignoring people. And that sounds rude, but I mean, I'm trying to heal myself. I don't got time to worry about you and your feelings. No, I... You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. worried about everybody else's feelings before, and that was the problem. Mm. Everybody worried about what everybody else feel. They ain't you, so why are you worried about it? I definitely agree. Um, I think if everyone spent their time worrying about themselves versus other people, everyone would improve. Exactly. In a perfect world. Definitely. Um, 
so what what about covid how, how is that has that affected you at all or you i mean you say you've been doing shows i mean maybe not too much um have you been getting through covid uh covid i mean when i when i went to uh when i went to uh chicago in the beginning that's when the covid thing first started when i went to mm-hmm. chicago for that ball Okay. And to get have my interview, and yeah. so when we came back, uh, we couldn't go back to the job because that's when they were like, I felt like when we were driving back, it was like the end of the world. We were like freaking out in the car because they started seeing all these posts on, it. and we're like driving, and it's like just all fields, and it's like me and Bay were like, oh my god, like it's the end of the world, and like we got people with us, and they're like, wait, what's going on? And I'm like, bro, they're shutting everything down. I don't know even know if we're gonna make it home, dog, because we ain't gonna be able to go to the gas station or nothing. Like we're they're shutting shit down, bro. It's the end of the world. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if you know zombies started fucking just rising and shit. Like it felt like that. You know what I'm saying? That's how I felt. Like just being in the car, coming back from somewhere, and going to your hometown, and you're just seeing everything just pop up on social media, and you're like, wait, what's going on? Because you weren't paying attention the whole time you was there because you was doing other things, so you wasn't on social media paying attention, and you're just looking like, wait, what? (laughs) And it was, I mean, it was crazy. We got back. We had to do the uh, two-week quarantine because we came from a different state, and that's what they were making people do. So then we we lost our jobs, and, uh, you know, that was no fun. But then we got on unemployment, so that was cool. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it was getting whatever. And, uh, but we couldn't barely see our family or anything. You know, you couldn't see nobody because, you know, like my grandma, she was like, nope, nobody can come to my house. You know, I'm old. I'm not because they were saying, you know, babies and uh, old people could get it, you know, the worst yeah. and actually really die and stuff. So I was like, oh, nah. I was like, I don't want to get my grandma sick. And she didn't want to get sick. But, so we barely could see anybody, and I felt like uh, we was kind of going a little crazy being in the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was kind of going a little crazy being in there. Uh, I can understand why there was so many uh, – there was some, there was a high percentage rate of people committing suicide. Oh actually, yeah, during uh, the COVID time, so mm-hmm. that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I think it went up a thousand percent. And mm-hmm. you know that's the really that's the really sad thing with this Thanksgiving. You know, we're this isn't gonna be out for a while, but we're filming this on Thanksgiving. Um, I feel like the suicide rates are just gonna go up these next two holidays with people. Yeah, not and being a lot of people. Families. Yeah, a lot of people still aren't seeing this. Now. You know, some people are like, "Fuck it." I'm still gonna what a we're still gonna what a what a what. Yeah, y'all still gonna do it, but then I bet you in a couple of weeks somebody gonna be sick, and then what yeah. if they die from it? You know, cases will probably spike. Yep, because people that it hasn't happened in their close family or in their immediate family or whatever yet that they still not believe in it. Mm-hmm. They think that it's just something that the government is talking about. Da da da. No, the government probably made the virus just like they always make shit and then get everybody sick to you know decrease the pollution or the population or whatever but come on now like if you really think that somebody's not gonna get sick that you know or love that you're close with eventually then you're delusional because it's gonna happen eventually yeah like they just had covid at my mom's house that's why we're not going to her house today damn so she wants you know she wants to quarantine and then I thought she was gonna get better because this was just like uh like a week and a half ago and then she texts today like what are you doing what are you guys doing today and I like told her, since I got the podcast right now, and then gonna go, you know, to my cousins and then go to her dad's. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, well, I'm sick. So it's just me and John today. I'm like, oh, dang. 
because she hasn't been sick the whole time. It was his, mm-hmm. it was her husband's yeah. son who was who had it, and then now she's sick. So yeah, it's no good. It's rough times, man. Um, <clears throat> I, I I'm spending time with my girlfriend's family, and you know, me and my girlfriend been. Uh, usually she's an assistant, but today's Thanksgiving, so she's uh, helping out. But um, um, yeah, I mean, I'm doing. You know, Thanksgiving with them because she lives with them, and you know, we're kind of all in touch. But yeah, my family, uh, they were like, "No, we're not doing any Thanksgiving." I'm gonna actually hop on a Zoom call with him, um, them here in like a half hour, and um, okay, you know, check up on them because I think that's a really important thing to um, do too in this time. You know, people not seeing each other, like you gotta almost put forth an extra effort, right? To, like be yeah. talking to family, be communicating with them, all that. Yeah, you gotta at least you know, video, FaceTime, Skype, something. Yeah, because that's all people can really do right now. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, I've seen on your social media you got kids, right? Yes. Um, how, how's how's that being a dad and uh, being a parent and all that? It's great. It's great. Um, kids are a blessing, and uh, kind of pain in your ass. Yep. But uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You still love them, so mm-hmm. even when they're bad. But uh, yeah, I have a I have my first daughter. Uh, my aunt was my surrogate. For me, uh, okay. you know, because I am who I am. Mm-hmm. So my aunt was my surrogate for me. Okay. Um, but, you know, uh, personal issues happened with family. Not putting business out there like that. But yeah. so my daughter, uh, my first daughter, she's in foster care. Okay. So that's why I'm hoping to get signed so I can have this money for this lawyer. And yeah. I can put you know get adoption papers to finally adopt her adopt her the legal mm. way so that i can get her back and then um me and my girl have a daughter together um and then she has a son as okay. well so um you know that's always cool you know a yeah. little bit of problems or whatever with that with the baby daddy thing but you know gonna get some money like i said mm-hmm. from these labels and yeah get a lawyer and we snatching all the kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> snatching all the kids. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that gets figured out. And that's a that's a tragic uh, failure of the system. Yeah, for it sure. Is, definitely. So, um, but you know, I'm glad you got what you got. Um, you. How was how was having kids during COVID? Was that was that a challenge or? I mean, our daughter, she's kind of used to because uh, her ba- her baby dad, uh, he always been kind of on some other shit so he never really let her you know be keeping her from her son so we only Um, had our daughter so she's kind of used to playing by herself so you know what i'm saying if anything mm -hmm. she's like a little mini grown-up like she she talks to us she'll talk to us like she's grown and she's only three three and a half oh wow or her actually her birth her or she's two her birthday is christmas oh wow okay um yeah so that should be fun but yeah she She's like a little grown person. She's she's smart. She's really smart. She'll talk to you, like have a whole conversation with you, like an adult. She's used to being around adults. Okay. So like when she's around kids, I feel like she feels weird. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. these little stupid kids. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like looking at them, like like she's the grown up or something. That's how I feel yeah. she is. But that's a. I feel like that's a sign of high intelligence, though. Yeah, she's sure. really smart. She is. That's awesome. Um, 
yeah, I, I can imagine. Well, and it sounds like your daughter almost has been, um, you know, doing well during COVID, almost yeah. like accelerating in a way. That's kind yeah. of the weird thing. Like some people, you know, I, I kind of consider myself more of an introverted person. So, you know, people like that, I feel like they've kind of thrived in this COVID. Right, right. Yeah. When they can do stuff to stay productive or whatever, yeah. or stay entertained, I guess, yeah. in the least. That's been the biggest problem. Um, I mean, the podcast has helped with that, and I, you know, I think a lot of musicians and artists in Des Moines have. I wrote all my new music probably during this time. Damn, I wrote a lot of stuff. I probably have like uh, all together. I probably had a total of like four albums, EPs, mixtapes, whatever. But well, more than that. But um, I dropped an EP, and then I the other like. Uh, like six seven eight other songs i just dropped as singles it's just because i was just mm-hmm. making songs i was like i just dropped all of them singles. got literally Damn. hit up a graphic designer and had him make me like five graphics and then he sent them to me and i literally planned it out and i dropped each single like three weeks apart mm. and you know promoted them each before i dropped them and stuff like that damn that that's awesome you know uh like i said it's it's weird covid is it's kind of been a curse but it's also been a blessing in some yeah, ways yeah there are people that have really um improved their lives or improved their art or whatever their music or whatever through this it's i really feel weird. like if you have a strong enough mind it was a time for you to work on you mm-hmm. it was yep. a time you know what i'm saying for you to sit there and read more or talk to people more or you know, if you're an artist, like you draw, then draw more. You know, you draw on every mm-hmm. day, you know, perfecting stuff. Oh, if you you just draw, you start painting because you're trying to learn painting. And then now you're a painter, you know what I'm saying? Or anything, really. Or if you, you know, write music. I feel I've elevated so much, you know what I'm saying? Just from having, been able to write all that time or to rewrite things that I had already written in the past and just mm-hmm. make them better. Anything like that, you know what I mean? Um, even time to network because yeah. all you can do is be on your phone all you can do is be on social media mm-hmm. you know what I mean so why not yeah uh, yeah it's almost for you know so I, I wouldn't say that there's no excuse because there's definitely a lot of you know talking about depression and anxiety and all yeah. that kind of stuff you know there's definitely a lot of that in play too but I do see the mantra like you know there almost is no excuse like like what the fuck else are you doing you know especially when we're in, you know maybe not right now so much the case but at the beginning when we were like in hard lockdown you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah um, definitely. So not to get like not to even get political, but we are kind of, you know, at the end of the year, we've had kind of a crazy year, um, you know, going into 2021. We got a new president. Um, the, um, you know, the employment rates high. Um, I guess what thoughts do you have um, coming to the end of the future or the end of this year, next year, kind of all that stuff? Do you have any thoughts of where we're headed or positive, negative? Uh, I'm hoping that it will be positive. And this is my opinion, though. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's yep. just one yep. person's opinion. Yep. Um, I'm hoping that we will be positive <laughs> because I was hoping for Biden to win. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like he will make us a little bit better for uh, he could. I don't think he can make us worse with humanity 
I feel like people are having a problem with that right now. The social. Yeah, the, yeah. there's too much racism and um, hatred in, in, in any form. It doesn't really matter mm-hmm. if it's your race or not. It just hatred of people altogether. You could like something that somebody else don't like, and they're going to hate you for it. Yep. It's just because I feel like it's it's max, it, it, it max it's to the max right now. It's like everybody magnified their emotions when Trump became president because he was encouraging bad behavior. Mm, First off, he made fun of a special ed person, you know what I'm saying, with disabilities. You know, he's doing all this and whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're encouraging. You're the whole president. You're supposed to be, you know, the face of us, and you over here mimicking a slow person. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, well, and a lot of divisiveness too. He he always, you know, he always called out the radical left, and you know, you can say what you want about that, but as a president, that's not your job. Yeah, yeah. The exactly. job is unity, and that that is kind of a sentiment that I appreciate with Biden. Is I think he he you know when he got inaugurated, he did say that he you know the he understands that the Trumps the, not that I am, but the Trump supporters are upset, and uh, you know that uh, he acknowledges that and he wants unity. Um, and I think yeah. that's an you know. You can say what you want, but I think that is an important message. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he's—I feel like he just made every, like everyone worse. Yeah. If there yeah, was yeah. bad people out there, they like got ten times worse than they already were <laughs> because they're listening to all the stupid shit yeah. coming out Fueled of his the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's people like, uh, you know, people, and uh, that's another problem we have. A lot of people in this generation are followers. People don't want to mm, be a leader. Yep. So they follow whatever they see. In the music, if bitches are talking about fucking everybody's man, then that's what bitches gonna do. They fuck everybody's man. Like, bitch, why do you want to be like that? That don't make no sense. Niggas talking about shooting they family and shit, you know what I'm saying? Or shooting up niggas, they best friend, or I'll fuck my niggas friend. People do whatever the music tells them. It's like brain, they're brainwashed, really. Oh, I agree, I agree. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I feel like that's the same with, you know, politics. Whatever they hear, if that person's in charge, they feel like, you know, they have to follow that. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'm hoping that 2021 will be better. But also at the same time, I honestly feel that it's going to be great. I don't know if that's just for me or for the whole world, but I'm hoping it's for everybody. So, yeah, we'll see positive vibes uh yeah. you know i think they're in development of vaccine you know uh i definitely hope that the future holds good things for sure yeah definitely all right well i think we're getting about time to wrap up um <clears throat> i gotta talk to my folks for thanksgiving because we're all doing the zoom thing um i guess before we wrap up uh do you have anything else you want to talk or you know talk about quick promote do you have any future works coming up or you obviously talk about your Atlanta thing but do you have any releases or anything like that um, I'm actually working on a new project. Okay. Um, haven't really came up with a title yet, but all the songs are in the in the works. Like they're all started. Every song that's gonna be on there. Plus, I have some a few singles that are in the works right now as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I might even have enough music to do a whole nother project. So I might have two projects and a wow. few singles. Um, it just depends on how I you know, organize it and do it. Um, and then I have a few features that I'm working on, uh, major features. Um, I actually 
haven't told anybody, but I just talked to Lil Dirk the other day. Um, so I'm working on that right now. And then I'm working on getting another feature with um, an artist in Atlanta who's a part of the label that I'm going to oh, be wow. signing with. So, you Damn. know, a lot of things in the works right now. Also, if everybody can follow me on social medias, mm-hmm. um, my Spotify is Ontario Phoenix, Instagram uh, at Ontario Phoenix, Twitter at Ontario Phoenix, um, my Facebook, Phoenix Balmain. And I think that's pretty much it. I mean, you can find me on all platforms, yeah. just about. Um, pre- actually, my you can find me on TikTok um, as well. Um, my hashtag should be Phoenix Balmain, but even if you want to do a video to my music, um, DistroKid put my music on TikTok as well. I'm working on getting on Pandora right now as well. I'm on Our Heart Radio, Amazon, mm-hmm. Google Play. Um, also, my YouTube channel is Show No Fear Entertainment, um, and that's where I'll be dropping any future videos. My latest video was dropped just about four or five months ago, and that was a hit, and that's what got a few of the labels looking at me. So make that sure go up, check right? it. Yep, that was fun. Up. Yep, make sure to go check that out. It's a good visual. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely post your uh, put your um, social media links in the description, sure. so everybody can just fast check to that. All right, man. Fuck, um, this has been a great episode. Um, like I said, uh, super glad that you decided to come on and you know take some time out of your day, especially on Thanksgiving of all days. Um, really appreciate you coming in. Um, yeah, I appreciate good. the opportunity, bro, and I respect what you're doing. Awesome. You know, it's real. Uh, it's real cool. It's real chill. Uh, more people should focus on positivity, like you. So, I thank you. The opportunity. Thank you. Uh, you know, that's what we try to do here. Definitely uh, positive vibes through the McAllister Hour Studio. All right. Um, I guess from here, next episode will be we're um, after this is released. We're gonna be doing a live Christmas episode. Um, I might get a Santa hat or something. Like that, <laughs> maybe, and, um, be be classy and drink some white ales and um, <laughs> talk about the holidays. Maybe finish up the year with that. So a spiked eggnog or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. All right, buddy. Uh, it's been a great podcast. Hope you all have a good night. Been drinking, chilling, and stay safe. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching today's episode with Ontario Phoenix. It was a fucking hell of a time. I'm so glad, like I said, that we got to end the year on this. It was a lot of fun. Stay tuned. Next week, we're going to be doing a live Christmas episode here at the Calista Hours. Me and Molly are going to be bullshitting, talking, drinking, having a good time. Um, Really laid back, fun episode. If you guys want to hear us bullshit, tune into that live. Otherwise, after that, we're going to be ending the year and ending the season of the podcast. We're going to be taking some time off because as much as I love you motherfuckers, y'all are too much sometimes. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. I'm out of here. I love y'all. Peace. <laughs>